What's up, everybody? Did anyone order a badass? It's another episode of the Creepy Real Horror Cast. I ordered a badass! <laughs> I'm your host, Meg. I'm Lunchbox. And before we get into it, I would like to thank you guys so, so much for joining us again, as every week. Um, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it already. Like, share, comment. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. Um, we can't grow this channel without you. We love you. And that's the one thing is uh, the one thing I love about the 2020 in this era is just that like, share, and subscribe. We that also is, have a lot of time on our hands, so we yes, listen to a lot of podcasts. We do. But with that being said, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week in our second installment of Back to Cruel Month. We uh, are doing a lunchbox pick. Yeah, no, we went with uh, with cooties, and uh, I am very excited to go into this one and. Uh, as, as most of you may know, um, if you are uh, fans of the show, you know that I'm a big sucker, got a big old S right on my fucking forehead, for horror comedies. Like, they're some of my absolute favorites. My all, One of my all-time favorite movies of all time, of all time, of all time, right? of all time, is uh. Shaun of the Dead. And that is about as fun as you can fucking get. So... For me, I was excited to do this one because this is a, another horror comedy dealing with zombies. So I have never seen it. I The only thing I've ever seen is the trailer, and I think I saw it like when it first... Years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, like back in 2014. So, But it was just one of those movies I never, never touched, and I'm kind of, kind of, kind of hit myself that, I, <laughs> that, it, that it took so long to watch it. So, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I went in blind, mostly blind, um, as well. I think it was a trailer. It might have even been before that. It was like end of 2013, maybe or something. I don't know, but I definitely remember seeing a trailer for this movie. At, it was a preview in one of our, whatever movie we were watching that day, and thinking that this was going to be interesting. And then it kind of just kind of went under the radar and yeah. disappeared for a while. It, yeah, we we kind of we tend to do that where. We're like, oh my god, we gotta watch that, we gotta watch that, and then something else takes it over, and then it just gets swept and put on the back burner. And that, and this might have been one. This might have been one that just wasn't in any of our local theaters either, because this wasn't a humongous release. No, this was a very short release, and then it got sent straight to. It was video on digital. demand. Yeah, pretty and, quick. yeah, and that's where like I remember seeing it was uh, I think it was it popped up on Netflix a couple times, and uh, I, oh no, I'm sorry, it was it was Hulu, and so I was just like, oh my god, like this looks amazing, we got to watch this, and then I got taken over by com- something completely different, and then completely forgot about it. And there's a couple movies that that are on my list that are like that. Um, one of them is uh, uh, Girls Have... Or was it? The Girls Have Balls or something like that. And it's about the, the girls' volleyball team. And, oh, yeah. That, another horror comedy. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I was like, oh, I gotta, I, re- I have to watch that. But it's I'm getting sucked up with so many other things, and I'm probably going to really like that movie. You so, also have a case yeah. of... You also have a case of, well, is there something better? And this, yeah. this is one of the things that drives me nuts about you is when we're out and you, we used to buy more physical media is you would pick something up and you would go, oh man, I really want to watch this movie or listen to this CD or something like that. And then you were like, well, maybe there's something better. And then you put it down 
And then you end up buying nothing. We leave. And then you're kicking yourself a few days later. She's like, man, I should have just bought the thing. And then you, you know, it's rinse, repeat. Yeah, I mean. All the time. I also have a thing of like, okay, well, if I'm going to spend my money on something, on a physical copy, I always have this thing of I want to make sure that I am going to enjoy it. or, or like, Sure, but you never know if that's the case until you buy it and put it yeah, in your DVD player. That's where it's, it's, like, it's like a double-edged sword where it's like, okay, well, I don't want to waste my money, but then on the top of that. But then you'll never know. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that I've, I've come to understand and hate all in, all in one but at the same time well, this now is why, with this is why we digital never... media i don't have that problem anymore oh, no you still do it just looks different <laughs> shut up this is why we can never get anything done on netflix because you're just like well we could watch this movie or i can scroll for an hour decide to watch reruns of the great british baking show and yeah fall asleep. or let's just let yeah <laughs> just just screw it let's just watch fuck that's delicious again yeah pretty much <laughs> I've watched that show so many goddamn times. Absolutely love Action Bronson, and I'm a sucker for a cooking show. I swear to God, if Good Eats was on Netflix, that's all I'd be doing is watching Good Eats. Like, that's it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love, I I can cook my ass off. Well, we will be getting into food here (laughs) shortly, but Cooties, the movie, was released, officially released on September 18th, 2015. It was, uh, I have no box office information in terms of budget, but it did end up grossing about 485000 worldwide, according to IMDb, which is fuck all nothing, to be yeah, that's perfectly absolutely honest. absolutely nothing. It was a really teeny, tiny, itty bitty, nothing release, um, which is actually really surprising, considering the cast... Um, the, it was directed by Jonathan Malott and Carrie Murnion. It was written by Lee Winnell, Ian Brennan... And uh, Lee Winnell uh, was one of the co-writers on Saw. And Ian Brennan, I think, is a comedian. Um, and then it went on and starred Elijah Wood as Clint. And this was his big coming out of the closet as a horror nerd was this movie. Yeah. It was like shortly before this movie came out. Um, Rain Wilson as Wade. Allison Pill as Lucy. Jack McBrayer as Tracy. Lee Winnell as Doug. Nassim Pedrad as Rebecca. Ian Brennan as principal, Vice Principal Sims, George Garcia as Rick. So this is a pretty stacked little cast of mostly sitcom actors, um, Rain Wilson and Jack McBrayer, and um, but there's also like Allison Pill from Scott Pilgrim fame and Elijah Wood, who's was a child actor and a hobbit also. Let's not forget that. And then Nassim Pedrad, uh, this was her coming off of her um, Saturday Night Live run. And then George Garcia, this is Lost, post-Lost. So, yeah. There's this, and that was one of the reasons why I got really excited for this film, is the premise of the movie on top of just a cast that of, I think, almost everybody in this film... I am a mass like a huge fan for. There were, uh, yeah, it was mostly television actors, and yeah. um, so it was really cool to see. You know, at this point, Rain Wilson's done a couple of movies. Fish Boy. Yeah. Well, uh, by this time, the only re- the only reason why you would actually know his name is because of Dwight Schrute. 
sure. and and the office like that's that's where his his claim to fame i think this was the back end of the office too i think this was yeah. shortly after the series ended yeah so it was about to end but you have and then you have a, a jack mcbrayer who at this point i think is he was I on parks and rec but he also had done 30 rock it was oh it was 30 rock you're 30 right rock but he had also had already done wreck it ralph and a lot of voiceover work for um both Disney and, and I and I think around this time too is when he ended up doing Talladega Nights. I believe or no Tal- no that was no way that was beforehand, right? Talladega Nights was from like two thousand and four, two thousand five. Okay, yeah, yeah. So but, that I was mean, from a long time ago. <laughs> okay, so but I mean like so but he's got that Talladega Nights. This is post Wreck It Ralph though. Yes. Okay. Um, and then you have as you mentioned, uh, you know Saturday Night Live, um, and then. Oh, who else? Oh, we forgot Matt Jones. He was uh, Silicon Valley, and um, he was the stoner. He, he played uh, the sheriff. Oh, okay. Uh, sheriff Dave. Oh, okay. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about him. I've watched Silicon later. Valley in a long uh, time. Oh no! Like well, I think it was Silicon Valley. He 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 plays a stoner in almost everything that he does, and it's fair enough. It's it's he's that character, but I could have swore he was in Silicon Valley. Um, no, he was er, Badger in... Badger! Damn it. Fucking Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. I knew, like, it was something. But, yes, Breaking... He was in Breaking Bad as Badger. Uh, and he's, again, is one of the... Like, it was very brief. Uh, but still, in a weird way, it was it was definitely funny. That's why I was like... Yeah, no. Silicon Valley. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else from Silicon Valley that was... Oh, I'm thinking of uh, T.J. Miller's... Uh, character like I, I got I got him like Samsonite yeah, you were way off they don't even look alike not even it was just the, it was just the type of character that they play sure so, we'll any, go with that anyways mm-hmm. so again that's just that's just my charm it's just what I do I fuck shit up all the time if you say so <laughs> so but he's also Kyle in Home if you're into kids movies oh that's right he best was best friend Kyle, Kyle. He was best friend Kyle. Oh my god! What is the purpose of your face? <laughs> I love it. But anyway, let's get back to cooties. Um, All right. Anyways, back talking about kid shit. This one actually, you could probably. This is one of those movies where there's a little bit of naughty language, but you could probably. This might be fun for an older kid, like the eight, the like the nine and up crowd for sure. Because it's just yeah. silly. The movie is really silly. Yeah, it's it's definitely one where a, maybe a younger kid, things are going to go over their head quite a bit. Uh, I think if you were in middle school, this is going to be your a good movie for you because you're going to be able to relate to a degree and then... Well, because this was like... You know, still catch things. This was a combined elementary and middle school kind of thing. It was a very small town... In the middle of nowhere, called Fort Chicken. Fort Chicken. Yes, Illinois. I think it was Illinois. <laughs> oh my God! What a shitty name for a and town. Naturally, Fort Chicken's claim to fame is the chicken processing plant, which uh. takes a tainted chicken from a factory farm. And processes it into the most disgustingly gnarly looking chicken nugget I've ever seen. Yeah. So they have a batch of tainted nugs going out to the populace, including the Fort Chicken Elementary slash Middle School. Yeah. Where we get Patient Zero 
Well, the, the great thing about the, the nuggy thing is that they show the one nuggy, but it's not just that it's like the it's, entire batch. Yeah. But we, of, we only, we initially we only, only see, see it's gross too. Cause it's got like the black veins in it. It, it reminds and, me of like ugh. a really, really bad, like rotten fried okra. It looked like. Like, just looking at it on the outside, it looked like a real veiny blue cheese. And then when the girl bites into it and you get the ooze. Yeah. The yeah. green, black ooze. I was just like, Bleh. Okay. And, and another. I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Another, another thing, too, is that I know kids can be dumb. And when you're just, when you're hungry and you're just eating, you're just, you're just going to town. However, you eat with your eyes as well. Yeah. And so you look down. How did she not see that disgusting nugget and go, hey, there's a problem here? I don't know, because if I can recall my elementary, middle school cafeteria food, um, our hot dogs bounced. And we used to get, like, the frozen Elio's pizza, square pizzas. And, like, it was not, it was, it was edible. But that, that's about the no, long and the short of it. No, but still, for her to take a bite into that and it just like oh, a, yeah, no, pops like it. a gusher. And it very clearly, there's something wrong with it. It's not like it was hidden on the inside. Yeah, it's like, I mean, unless it was a type of thing where she... It's so vain. It's so bad. But I mean, the, the fact that she took a bite into it and it just gushed everywhere, maybe it was like a type of thing where, like a zombie, like if you get scratched... You're done. Maybe it's the same thing where even if she made just a little bit of contact with the 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 goop from the chicken nugget, maybe that still... I don't know if it was an ingesting thing or what, but either way, she took a big old honking bite of this goopy chicken nugget. Like a big bite. Yeah. She bit it in half and it just... It's really funny because all I can think of now is like the uh, the conspiracy theory on how covid started with a guy eating bat soup and i was like boy this is a timely watch huh tainted food causing a global pandemic illness although it's the opposite of what covid's doing covid's affecting adults and it's not really affecting children as much like kids are gonna they're going through where they feel bad but they tend to recover very quickly and the deaths are the death count for children is especially low in this movie, it's reversed, and this uh, Cooties Cooties takes a really unique approach to the zombie trope. They kind of shake it up a little bit, and in your traditional Romero type zombie movie, there's a virus, and it's transmitted through bodily fluids, whether it's biting or blood or whatever, and um, it affects everybody. Young, old, male, female, doesn't matter. This one's strange because it only affects children. And if an adult were to get scratched or bit or something, they only get, they kind of get a little bit of a stomach bug and then they get over it very quickly. Uh, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're playing it down because Elijah Wood's character, Clint, he got scratched and Wade was like, oh, you're infected. You gotta, you're going to get the fuck out of here. And they, they quarantined him. He ended up. He puked, vi- his, he puked violently, his brains out. That's what was. It was a violently vomit and shit. There was stuff all over. Like Doug, the weird scientist, he came in. He's got like shit all over his hands, and it was just. It was a 
bad, bad fucking time for Clint. Yeah, I know. I'm not trying to downplay it like... <laughs> like, oh, he, he had, had a tummy ache. Yeah, no. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm saying that in terms of cause and effect here, he got sick... But he didn't turn into uh, 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 an uh, undead flesh eating zombie. Yeah. yeah, he didn't turn into an undead creature. No, I understand. That's... It was I'm I'm making fun of the way that you you played it up. That's all. <laughs> so I understand. Okay, let me rewind the tape a little bit. Um, it causes <laughs> oh, great. it causes it. an adult to shit their brains out, begging for death, and then they make a miraculous recovery afterwards. Yep, that, that sounds better? about right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Because he only suffered for a few hours, and then he's like, I think I'm better. Yeah, and um, but the one thing that I thought was a really clever idea was they, they figured out that if you went through puberty, yep. you weren't affected. Or not affected in the same way. Like, you well, weren't going to be... You got sick, but... Yeah, you weren't going to yeah. be zombified. And um, so he thought it only affected adults until this girl Tamara... She got scratched, and they kind of partitioned her off a little bit for a few hours, and they realized she wasn't turning. Like, she wasn't feeling well, but they realized she wasn't zombifying. And Doug, he's so... We'll get into the character here for a minute. But Doug, the science teacher, asks... He's piecing this whole thing together as to how the virus or the infection works. And he asks Tamara, hey, did you, have you gone through menses yet? The answer is, <laughs> the answer is yes, but he they're is like, so. They're like, they're like, oh, have you gone through menses? They're like, what, is, what are you talking about? What are you doing? He's like, do you wear a bra? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, cool. There it is. Like, and then he leans in and he's like, we need to have a talk about your sexual education. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then, and then Wade turns like, why is it always the creepiest people that men talk about sex ed? And we both went, that's right. Why do they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it always the creepiest teacher that has to talk about this stuff? Yeah. I mean, like, that was the one thing that I, that I loved about this film is just remembering back and, like, before all the shit hit the fan... Just kind of all the stuff that ha- that happened in school, and just a lot of. You the- mean when you say shit hit the fan, you mean adulthood? Zombies. Oh, okay. Before zombies. I thought you were talking about real life. I was like, no. like adulthood. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, that's a whole nother bag of cats. Um, oh, but no, God. but that was the thing is like going back and just kind of thinking back on, how, like, for instance, like sex ed. Like my sex ed teacher. Uh, was this older woman who was very uncomfortable with talking about sex ed. So was she squirmy the whole time? She she was doing that thing of like, she was like, okay, class, open up your book to page three. We're going to talk about the penis. And uh, like she, it was very weird. Like she, what did she get the short straw? For the, like, for like the, the first, like, you know, couple of days, we all thought that maybe she just wasn't very good at public speaking or no, she was just or whatever it was. And, but we noticed that she only did that where she would just kind of like, like either take a breath, like get kind of like she would like boost herself up. When she to had say, to say like a body part. Yeah, 
It was so, like... Like, she or, had to, like, psych herself up to say penis or vagina? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, or when she was talking about, uh, tampons and things like that, she was just, like, you could tell she was very uncomfortable. She was just so like, I don't know. she like, wouldn't have been able to make it through Carrie. No, not even. It was, like, Plug she... it up! She was extru- It was just very, very bizarre. But mm-hmm. it was just weird where it's, like... So you, so she is the person right. that's supposed to teach us about sex ed. And when she can't she, even say the word can't penis. say it. It's, it's yeah. really... And I couldn't tell if she was just a religious person or just uh, one of those people that was like, oh, I, I just can't say that word. It's just, it's so it's naughty. It's a biological and, body part. Yeah. It's not naughty. No, but that's where I'm like, it, going like, you know, dick fart joke. And it's just like, whatever. So it was just funny. Fart poop duty. Yeah. So that was the thing was like going back and just that, that comment of where like why does all the creepy people I was like that's fantastic or even um, having the the real douchey gym teacher it's like okay well those guys always tend to be that way well I had those guys in my middle school like they were just that way carbs don't touch this body <laughs> yeah they sure they sure don't so but that was the thing is like I. I loved kind of reminiscing and just seeing all the, you know, just thinking back on all my experiences with with school. But then I got into thinking about all the fucking kids. Kids are terrible. <laughs> they are the worst. Yeah, I don't know if, because we grew up in the 90s, I don't know if just childhood has corroded children or we were always that way and we just didn't notice because we were in the thick of it or what but i don't really remember kids in school being as nasty as they were in this movie fucking patriot man yeah like he (laughs) oh we're gonna talk about patriot but him and his buddies like they they weren't just back talking teachers they were outright nasty and going so far as to make threats when confronted with discipline saying oh you i'm just gonna tell someone that you touched me inappropriately and i'm just like is everyone fucking cartman now are you serious and that was the thing was like (laughs) with patriot i knew a kid that was like that and i'm talking he was just defiant Some balls he like he really amped up the ballage on that um and i remember one of my uh one of my teachers back in middle school he i think it was a shop teacher by the by the way and i remember this kid he just threw out something or like the teacher asked him to do something, or it's like, hey, you're going to go ahead and turn in your clock or whatever it was. And he's just like, oh, you know what? Fuck you. Like, just blatantly, just outright. It's like, and it was just kind of a very. Yeah, but like, why? Very intense thing. Yeah. It's like, all he asked was just to turn it in. He's like, oh, you know what? Fuck you. And the teacher's like, excuse. Like, he grabbed the kid by the back of the shirt, threw him, like, he tossed him into his office. And just shut the door and locked it. And then he ended up having the, the principal come in. He had the, it was like little, the school security. And then he even had uh, the, like the, the officers 
that would the resource officers. The res- yeah. yeah. So they they were there too, and then the parents came in, and they were just like, and the teacher basically called this kid out on all of his shit. Now Patriot was completely different because he didn't have anyone that would you know stand up to him. No, he ran the place, and he knew that he could literally do anything he wanted. Um, and that was, I think the only person that probably wouldn't have taken his shit is Wade. But also Wade was kind of stuck on himself and didn't give a shit about anything other than himself. So he didn't care what, if Patriot did whatever he he was doing. Yeah. Um, I mean like, so let's actually talk about fucking Patriot. Uh, like that's, that's that's yeah. I think that's a fair thing. We'll just call him that from now on. <laughs> so he was born on September eleventh, two thousand and one, uh, and so that's why his parents named him Patriot. Oh my god! So and bad. they apparently raised him like a Toby Keith song. Yeah, and Yikes. he's going to go into the Marines when he's when he's older. He already acts like a Marine. And he is just like, you know, don't tread on me. You know, I'm going to, you know, kick shit. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there about the <laughs> don't tread on me thing. Everything else, yeah. But you don't have to be an asshole and want to stand up for freedom. No, but this, no, he, but he's that guy, like, I, like... If he, he was a gun toting, skull, you know, chewing, just pickup truck, like he is ready no, to he'd, go. No, he would be the asshole with the monster sticker on the dually F one fifty with the titanium balls hanging off the back of his truck. Yeah, exactly. That that is. And the if you're that guy, this. and if you're that guy, and you're listening to this, getting offended, you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah, no, it's 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 bad. So, so Patriot, he the first time we see him. Uh, he is or he has written. Uh, oh, eat a cock. Eat a cock on the back of Clint's uh, really busted up Prius. It's sad, man. It was sad. It's, it thing was like falling apart. It looked like if you took a coke can and you kind of just like crumpled up the outside of it a little bit. Like yeah, it reminded um, me of that. Just like a like a there's like coke duct can. tape and that thing is just like it's holding on. It, it was a beautiful shade of Bondo, though. Oh, my God. And, like, it got to the point where uh, Clint has to get out of the back of his of the hatchback area because Wade has blocked him in with his dual real real. And we'll get in that. I'll, I'll tell you why. That's funny. Um, <laughs> dual real real. Dual real real. And <laughs> so, but he blocks him in. And as he, like, shuts the, the, the back of the hatch... You just see all the dust just coming off of this vehicle. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's, it's just like, dude, go wash your goddamn car. So that thing is like, so. Uh, all you need is a hose and a bucket. You don't even have to dude, pay at the car wash. So Patriot wrote, eat a cock on there. And then as uh, Clint goes in, because Clint is actually a sub. He's not an, a real teacher. He's a substitute teacher. Which is even worse. And he goes in there and he's trying to play up as like, oh, you know, we're all just friends. You know, don't don't worry about. As soon as he yeah. said that, I was like, this, this asshole's doa. Yeah, and and you can you call me exactly by my right. first name, and it's like, ugh. He starts writing Clint big on the chalkboard, and all out of nowhere from the back, Patriot comes up, cunt. 
And he's like, wait, no, that, that, no, that means, that's his claim. He's like, you know what? You just, just, just don't, don't worry about it. And so they start to clash. And every time uh, they would start to like read some, or, oh, we'll get into to Clint too in a second, but holy shit. They start to read uh, one of his, or they start to read his book and Patriot starts giving him a bunch of shit and very defiant. He, he ends up telling him like go like go to the principal's office and he's just like, oh, oh if you fucking touch me oh no he tries to take his cell phone mm-hmm. is what it is and that's where he's like oh if you touch me I'm gonna say that you you know touch me inappropriately and stuff like that and I'm like I would have felt like all right let's go homie like if you're gonna throw that at me let's go and I would have I would have really. Stood my ground on that. Principal's office now. Yeah, I would have been like, uh, what was the, and like, since we mentioned South Park, where it was the whole thing of like, it's like, suck my balls. <laughs> Present them. <laughs> that would have been basically, go ahead. Present them. That would be present them. That was, yeah, that kid. And then even when he became a zombie, he was still actively just fucking shit up like in the like if you're if you're looking at romero zombies they're driven by the lizard brain it's all have to eat have to keep moving there's no thought there's no planning at least early on and then we get to land of the dead and that starts to change but generally speaking if you're looking at a zombie movie they're either like a colony of ants like in world war z or they're just sort of brainless, shuffling, eating machines like in the Romero movies. In this one, it was strange because the kids, they still, like they were bloodthirsty, but they still had a thought process. Like uh, Patriot's friend Dink there, the blonde kid, he was running, through, when he was running through the playground, he was just scratching everybody. Yeah. Like he was just driven to do that. It wasn't attacking one particular person because they were close. He was literally like, I must infect everybody. And then yeah. Patriot... He was playing tag and yeah. getting everybody. But, and then throughout the movie, you see where Patriot is getting in. He's ripping out the phone lines and he's smashing all of the teacher's cell phones. And he's getting into everything. He's just making it a point to just fuck shit up. If you're, if you're going based off of the Romero zombie model, it's not a thing. So the, this was a very different presentation. Um, he was still a defiant asshole, even in death. Yeah. Well, and the the great thing, too, that going based off of the Romero zombie, if you're, if you're doing a, a type of comparison, these uh, kids, I kind of wish that they zombied them up a little more. Uh, because just having them just look like kids, it was creepy enough because they, they kept them laughing. Well, which pa- Patriot did rip the one girl's ponytail off. Exactly, and that's, that's where I was going to. So, Patient Zero, she ends up, uh, she's in class, and she's in Clint's class. And she's sitting there, and you could tell she is looking rough. Like, yeah, she's, she's got, a bad day. like... Uh, her skin is just like she's gotten like these like crazy big ass zits and and 
like just pus buildups and weird because it looked like she had like herpes like cold sores like mouth herpes. yeah and uh but that was the thing is like you could tell like she had like bags in her eyes and just dark circles uh and then that's when dink and and patriot were they were giving her shit they were they were calling her you know fucking ugly and just really bullying her but she was gone by that time and then that's when like it was like later on during the class that's when uh patriot he goes over to pull on one of her pigtails to keep fucking with her and then turn around and it rips right the fuck off yeah he pulls it off her head and i uh, i couldn't understand where it's like so the yeah but the, he got it good because she tackled him and bit his face yeah she tried she to did. eat his face like she took a, a big old chunk right into his right into his cheek but that was the thing it was like I was trying to think of is that so this there's rotten chicken nuggie made this girl rot from the inside out mm-hmm. essentially and it 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 doesn't necessarily I can't tell if it actually kills the kid or if it just turns them and just and, and mute like kind of tweaks their brain the way that Doug ex- Doug explained the science of it was in his half-assed autopsy. Oh, my God. On the music room floor. Oh, he, my God. He pulled the brain out, and he said the brain was necrotizing. So it was slowly... It was just de- decaying in their head. It was starting... The flesh was dying. So they were losing... Like, it started with the the front part, which is the human part of the brain, the frontal cortex part. And then it ate that part first, and then it started working its way back. Yeah, and, and Doug, that was... Crazy. We'll talk about Doug. <laughs> Hang on. Well, no, but, well, I was going to say that but the dink is the person that Doug decided to oh, that's right, yeah. dissect. Yeah, and, it, was, it was a crazy, oh my a God. weirdo autopsy. <laughs> but, Patri- oh, man, that kid, I fucking hated him. I don't think, it's been a while since I've watched a movie. It's probably been since we watched Zombievers that I've seen where I wanted a character to die because they were so terrible. And then I felt bad because it was like a 13-year-old kid. And then I didn't feel so bad because even as a zombie, he was the absolute fucking worst. And his death was so satisfying. Yeah. Well, but like Patriot throughout the movie, as you said, like he was, he kept fucking it up for the rest of the group. So Patriot was, I don't know, man, like that kid was more trouble than he was worth. And his death was so satisfying because somehow. He ends up hitching a ride on the truck when the rest of the, the group starts to, like, the adults escape. But, like, he gets dragged with the pickup truck. His face drags across the asphalt, ripping his face off. And then when um, Clint throws it in reverse and he says, eat a cock. And the, the, uh, the what is it, the trailer hitch? on the back of Wade's pickup truck is a chicken and just boom right in Patriot's mouth I was like oh it's so poetic and it's so good I fucking hate that kid so much it was the one time where something is bookended yeah and it sells it beautifully and it's just that whole thing of just having Patriot you know eat a cock on his car and then all of a sudden boom it flips it right on him um, and that's and how he dies it's, it's so, so awesome. good 
And yes, it's very terrible because it's a child, but this is not hashtag save the children. No. <laughs> these these kids this are is, far gone. This is hashtag fuck the zombies. Yeah. Um. So, but that that was the thing is like so. It, it's it hasn't been too uh, too often, or it has been recent really, where somebody like that has died or has killed a, a zombie or a monster, where you actually cheer. Yeah. And that's like I, me and you both like we were like yes, yes! But his, <laughs> like, like there was a touchdown the somewhere. The effect, the effect of his face though, when he turns around and you see what the dragging of the asphalt has done to him, and his whole lower jaw is like it's hanging on by a thread on one yeah. side. It's essentially been ripped off. All the skins pulled off his face. Oh, it's so gross. So, so good. Such I, a good effect. And, yeah, I don't... It's rare that I root for somebody to die in a movie. Uh, and I don't think I, I... I can't think of a movie where I ever was like, it's on, please kill the kid. But in this particular instance, because children he's like... He's a bully. He's, he's just, a bully, and he's terrible, and I don't give a shit what his circumstances are. But, because he's just... He's going to grow up to be the worst kind of human, and uh, I wasn't sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, but there is a whole a whole cast of characters that are super fun, and I would definitely like to talk about them a little bit more. But first... Sponsors! All right, and we're back. So we have quite the cast of characters in this one. First off, I want to start off by saying Allison Pill was adorable in this. She reminded me a lot of, um, oh, Veronica Mars. Kristen Bell. Quite a lot in this movie. She was adorable. Um, but Clint. He's supposed to be our protagonist, our hero, sort of. The least likable of the bunch. He was kind of awful. It, it was weird because... Because it, it being Elijah Wood, you, for me at least, I automatically liked him because I'm a huge, you know, I really like Lord of the Rings. I really like Elijah Wood. I mean, he's sure great, um, and he's a uber nerd. So it's like in his real life, I really like him, and I loved him in Back to the Future when he's just playing the little game and it's like he looks all teeny tiny. And they actually used his, his kid photo in this film at the beginning. He and it's is, like, that's for really, what it's worth, really he is cute. still kind of teeny tiny. Yeah, he's really cute. So, but, uh, but that was the thing. It was like, I, I liked him because I knew Elijah Wood. But as the film went on, I was just, I started to hate him more, more for just because of his personality. Yeah, I wanted to like Clint because I think I was supposed to like him. Yeah. But he was a bit of a narcissist. He wanted to be the big fish in a small pond. Oh, I was a writer and I lived in New York and I'm writing a book. And, like, it went so far as to he's subbing in an English class. And all a sub is supposed to do is, like, just this is your lesson plan. Just do it. And he threw the lesson plan out and told the kids... You know, I have a copy of my manuscript. Let's read this aloud and uh, give me some feedback. And I'm like, you're, you want to, you want he's, feedback he's, from a bunch using, of seventh graders? Yeah, he's using the seventh graders as a focus group. Yeah, for his own book. And yeah, it's 
And yeah. everybody he meets, he's talking about it. Ooh, I'm writing a book. Ooh, I'm writing a book. I'm like, ooh, yeah, you're every, so pretentious. Every, every time, well, I mean, and granted, it's like when the people that are that he's talking to is people that he hasn't seen for years, and so when the they're like, hey, he, what have you been doing? Well, and then that's literally the only one he hadn't up. seen in years was Lucy. Everybody else was kind of foreign. Yeah, but that's the thing is like anytime like he pulls up with talking about his book, it's because someone asked him hey what's this about or what what are you doing and so but then it, it become like that's early on in the movie and granted it's not that he like he is obsessed with the book but it, no he's it's obsessed not, with the idea of the book he can't finish it exactly so like, he's obsessed with it but then it comes to a point where it's just like okay it's only when it's only when he's asked about it is when it becomes uh, the the focal point, but then later on in the movie, like there's a scene where uh, they're talking about uh, how to survive. They're talking about their plans, and uh, they start to talk about uh, one of the uh, it was something to do with like the the illness or like the the, the survival. And he's like, "Oh, I gotta I gotta write that down." And he starts writing it down for his book. And it's just like, that's not the time and the place to do that, dude. But he's so obsessed with it. And then there's a, a another thing where um, he's he hands his uh, like uh, his bag over to Tracy. And he's like, guard this with your life. This is everything I own. This is everything I care about. And it's his book. And it's like, so he's about to go on and try and, and save the day and be the big hero. But it's like... You gotta protect my book. I mean, it's typed, so one would assume he has it saved on his laptop somewhere. I, I don't know. It's a typed manuscript he printed out on like his HP desk jet. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not. But that's you what I'm saying. Is probably like, have it, a copy. It became this thing where every time he started talking, it became a thing where it was that was all that he talked about. Even during this well, he didn't have crisis. Anything, and he didn't have anything else to offer. And I think the that it rubbed a lot of characters the wrong way. And then Lucy, he knew from school. They grew up together. I think they dated. No. No? No. It wasn't 100% clear until they were trapped in the kindergarten classroom for a minute. Just the two of them. But I guess he had a crush on her. Yeah, something. But that something was about really it. Close. Yeah, it was really kind of dumb. They never dated, and it wasn't. It was unnecessary. Like if they just had it where Wade, Wade and Lucy were a couple, and if they just had it where Wade was jealous because Lucy was talking to Clint and just left it as he, just jealous boyfriend heat, then that would have been fine. They didn't have to try to shoehorn this oh i've had a crush on you for everything into it was it was unnecessary there's no need to put a romance in a fucking zombie movie it's dumb well the the only thing that i saw with the the lucy and clint i could see where it's like okay well maybe they were you know friends from a long time ago and sure they could have just left it at that just left, yeah exactly left that at that and then wade still getting jealous because oh it's a it's a yeah another, that's what i'm saying it's like the boyfriend heat but yeah. it the it was unnecessary it was stupid i didn't like that part at all and um it just it was a needless complication that didn't end up anywhere because it's not like they even ended up at the end of the movie because we thought wade died and he ended up surviving so what was even the point yeah 
Now, uh, speaking of Wade, that character was kind of the opposite of how we felt about Clint. So You were supposed to not like Wade. Yeah. He was your standard... Because he was the gym teacher, so he was supposed to be your standard textbook douche. And kind of, I'm going to pretend, like, feigning tough guy thing. Big old meathead. Just... But he ended up being, and part of it is because Rain Wilson is can be very charming. But it's also the fact of the matter was he ended up being our hero. Yeah. In the movie. And he was willing to sacrifice himself when no one else would. He was willing to step up to the plate and offer ideas when no one else could or would. And he was also willing to go out and not hide in a closet while all this was going on. And even though maybe his tactics weren't necessarily the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gentle or persuasive as they could have been. He was, the man was a steamroller. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to beat I'm just going to whack it with a stick and then we'll move on. And that was sort of his method for dealing with everything he was pretty inconsiderate and he wasn't aware of his surroundings enough. Like he didn't really give a shit about other people's feelings. Like he, that just wasn't anything on his radar. So he lacked a certain empathy, but I think that's part of the reason why he could survive a zombie movie is because he didn't have the empathy to look at the kids as kids. And, and I actually, every, whenever this conversation comes up with how to survive a, a zombie apocalypse, and we kind of go Don't back Don't be to, a Dale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we kind of go back to The Walking Dead and um, the officer's name... Um, Shane. Shane. Like, every time we all go, it's like, he was right. It's like that... Like, he had everything right. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It, it's, it's funny because Wade, he was the Shane of the movie. And it was... He wasn't as cold-blooded. He wasn't cold-blooded as Shane, but no, he definitely no, no. he definitely lacked because he didn't have the empathy chip. He was able to be a little more rational and proactive where everyone else was hesitating and trying to overthink things. Yeah. Um but I think that was also part and parcel of him being a total steamroller in terms of personality. But the one thing that I loved was they so when the group is in the they're in this classroom and they're trying to figure out what to do there's three plans clint comes up with a plan that he's going to try and break into the principal's office and get a cell phone so they could call for help patriot already beat him with that one yeah but they don't know that sure. so uh but at the same time not necessarily a terrible plan, but it's one of those, okay, well, what what happens after? Like, what are we going to do? Uh, Wade's plan is that I'm just going to go just go out there and just start beating it with a stick. Like, yeah. like, we're just going to go out there and just manhandle this whole thing. Right. Bad idea number two because they don't know what they're dealing with and all this other stuff. They don't, and, and it's all kids, so they can't. They're sure. teachers, and they still have that kind of mentality. The third plan comes from Lucy, and she says that we're just gonna wait here until three p.m. when the parents show up. 
to pick up their kids and we're going to call for help. So that's what they... What's funny is that they actually do all three plans without really knowing that they're doing the plan. Yeah, except instead of the cell phones... The, the mission to get a cell phone, it was a mission to get a candy bar for the diabetic kid they picked up along the way. Well, they're going to do the candy bar and the cell phones at the same time. But it was, again, <laughs> by picking up the diabetic kid, it was just needlessly complicating the plot. Yep. Because you didn't have to do that. If the if they were like, we're going to try to go get a cell phone, not knowing the Patriot already fucked it up. Fucking Patriot. Um, that would have been enough. Yeah. Like, that is enough to build the tension. That would have been enough to kind of, like, side quest the main um, the main game. It would have been perfectly fine. But instead, they pick up the, the genius kid, the smarty pants kid. And it's like, oh, no, and he's a diabetic. And we have to do that. I'm like, why? Why, are we, yeah. why is he even here? Like, I can understand picking up Tamara because that was the clue to figuring out that it was the puberty thing. Yeah. I get the Tamra part. But the other kid but, had no help whatsoever. No, story. he just needlessly complicated the story that didn't need didn't need it. It was kind of like, yeah. oh, let's just put one more thing so, in here. And it was kind of kind of dumb. Yeah, so the plan with... Uh, so they start off with Lucy's plan where they're just going to wait. And then it turns out a where... For effort. Yeah, so they're all sitting there waiting and it turns out where... Uh, one of the first parents that shows up is the the PTA mom. She shows up and she's outside waiting for her kid. And I actually had a, a moment of I was really uncomfortable mm-hmm. because one of the zombie kids gets into the car and there's a baby in this car seat, and the kid takes a big old bite out of the the baby. You don't see it. It's all off, and all you hear is the baby cry. Yeah, the mom's the, the mom's on, on her Bluetooth, like so she's talking, doing all this other bullshit, and and then she turns around, and she's like, oh, "What are you doing to your brother now?" And then you hear, like, you see, well, the camera backs out to the group at, uh, that's on the ledge, like trying to wave for help, and you can see the the SUV rocking and you know freaking out. And, yeah, it was one of those slightly disconnected moms who was on her Bluetooth yelling at somebody about something, yeah. probably some MLM she's participating in. I don't know. Um, didn't sell enough essential oils or something stupid. But yeah, the, the kid just gets in. She doesn't even notice that her kid, she barely notices he gets in the truck. She's not even looking at him. And the whole, it's like, all right, fine. But the baby thing did bother me. Yeah. But the baby turned really fast. It was strange because patient zero, I think it was Shelly, she took like 24 hours to yeah, get there. Like but she, the baby was like, boom. Yeah, it was like seconds. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out the, the, the infection thing is inconsistent. Like it doesn't, I don't know if it's just because yeah. it's not supposed to affect everyone the same way or if it mutated inside of patient zero's body enough that it, I don't know. Because like it took the first girl ages to get to where her pigtail was falling off and she bit fucking Patriot's face off. But after that, like Patriot took a little while to turn. They had to take him to the nurse's office and everything else. And then like it started to accelerate when Dink confronted Shelly on the, the playground. Yeah, he started scratching everybody and then it's almost like everyone just... But it was, yeah, but like he confronted Shelly on the playground. She attacks him 
And then he turns within a couple of minutes. And then as he's running around scratching everybody, they're within like a minute of being scratched. They're all turning. So this virus or infection or whatever you want to call it is accelerating. Oh, I think Doug said it was a bacterial thing. It was just like a bacterial infection that was necrotizing their brains. Or something Maybe. Like that. It's like a meningitis. So, but still it's like, it, it just, it picked up at a rapid speed. Right. But then when, um, the patient zero got Clint and scratched him, it was hours before he started feeling sick. Even. Yeah. It wasn't until he got locked in the closet. So I'm wondering if this isn't a plot device of convenience so the writers can just do whatever they want with it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but that was the thing. He's like, so going through these plans, they wait wait till three and then like that blows up in their face and they all like freak out and they're running around. And then they end up coming across the janitor, uh, Mr. Hitachi, uh, who is the Asian janitor who's just living in the school like he lives in the the basement basement. we didn't up until and mind you there this is an introduction of a character in the third act almost the third act of the movie you don't do that in a script like mr hitachi had never been mentioned it wasn't like he was introduced in the first act when clint was being shown around the school or talking to the vice principal or anything like that it was just they show up in the basement and Wade's like, oh, Mr. Hitachi, there you are. And it's like, where did he come from and where did he go? Like, Yeah. And so then they end up getting into... Yeah, then they end up getting into uh, <laughs> his basement shack. And he turns out that he's got all the blueprints and schematics for the, the school. How convenient. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay, well, we can use the air ducts to get into the principal's office. We'll get the candy bar and then we'll also get the cell phone call for help and everything else like that. And then, uh, so they end up getting up there. Well, while that's happening, uh, it turns out that Patriot is, has found out the, the group. And so he's called, the rest of the zombie children to chase after them and they go into the vents and this whole section of the movie gets really muddy for me and i just i don't like it it's it's weird because it's it's intense because when they're in there trying to get the candy bar they're trying to be very quiet because there's zombie children outside and they're trying not to make them like you know to set the alarm off and then it turns out where they are found out, and then they're like rushing, trying to to get out. And like it's it's intense because of of how. But at that point, Patriot had pulled the power. There was yeah. no power in there, but the vending machine still worked. I I don't I don't know. It's it's weird. Like yeah, uh, that's... I mean, no, none of, nothing about this particular section of the movie made sense. So yeah. sure, we'll just go with it. So, but that's the thing is like it, it was intense because of of the zombie kids going after them inside, like in this air vent. Uh, but then on top of that, so they tell uh, Wade to shut it off because zombies, you know, they're they're coming. So he shuts it off, but then Wade ends up turning around and he's just like, okay, fine, fuck it, we're gonna do my plan. He sets up the most badass weaponry based off of anything that he could find in this one room. Well, of course, he's the gym teacher, so he's just sort of like, all right, I got football pads, I've got lacrosse sticks, oh my I've God. got everything. They got scissors, they got duct tape, they got everything. And so he creates this... It's so slapdash, Oh, though. my God, it's, it's so good. His armor and the weapons and everything, it's so... so and then somehow Mr. Hitachi's also Bruce Lee. 
Yeah, like he's he's a a, a ninja master. Reasons, yeah. sure. And I guess. so, but Wade ends up creating this massive, like almost like a just this big ass gun. Oh, the baseball shooter with a baseball shooter, and yeah, and he, it's like he just that motherfucker is so goddamn accurate. Well, he <laughs> so it good. was weird because he took the. It was the um, the pitch machine, and then he somehow disassembled it and then reassembled it so he could carry it on his back. Yeah, he, but he yeah, set up that... as a, it was like this big backpack, and all I could think about is like Predator with like the big artillery gun, the Gatling gun, the Gatling gun. That that's exactly what I saw, but it was at a, as a ball shooter. Yeah, that was actually pretty funny, and I thought he was pretty clever for that. Wade was the best thing about this movie, man. I tell you what. <laughs> but then also, uh, but him and Tracy, I but Tracy, Tracy but Tracy was great too because he didn't. He was not all about that life. He was not. Oh no, he, he was, was. He was so prissy, and he was very like wimpy. Yeah, and he was very jumpy, nervous, and like Jack. It was Jack McBrayer playing himself, basically. Pretty much, yeah. And um, but that was the great thing was his. Was that he had? It was like a, a, it was a jump rope, and at the end of the jump rope, they like duct taped uh, like this ball that had a bunch of like open scissors on it, and so he made a, a, it was it was a, a mace. it was a makeshift mace. I was like, that was ah. he's like swinging it around. I was like, see, and he looks so nervous and just like oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm smacking kids in the head with nuts. Yeah, like, he was not cut so out. good. He was not cut out for that life at <laughs> so all. Good. But he was such a didn't he? What was? Oh well, yeah. When we get the brain. The brain reveal, he faints. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> I just get cracked me up because he tipped over like a tree trunk. He's boom, timber! Yeah, well, well because uh, Doug, he... So they have Dink. He's on the floor, and then Doug's like, okay, well, we gotta see what we're working with. And well, because so, Wade already smashed his head in, so... Yeah, not... and so he's already got the... the he's got already got it open up. And so he just digs his hand right in there, and all of a sudden he pulls out his brain, and all of a sudden, as you said... <laughs> it's like, but it's so unexpected because you're just like, even like the. And he was Jack McBrayer was so tan in this movie. He was very tan. He was very tan. Yeah, but like uh, Rebecca, even she was just like, whoa, like he's out. <laughs> like, like, what happened? So, can we talk about Doug for a minute? Yes, let's talk about Doug. Okay, so I have to say that Wade was probably my favorite character in the movie, but Doug was a really close second because, <laughs> first of all. He didn't know how to human. <laughs> Not even close. When we, when we meet, it's Lee Winnell, who is absolutely charming anyway. But, like, he's reading this book on how to have normal conversations. It's literally titled How to Have a Normal Conversation. Yeah, which is not a book you should read if you're trying to have a normal conversation. No, not even a little bit. And so this is our introduction to this guy who, he just doesn't know how to interact with people. He's really socially inept. He is kind of dumb, and then we find out later on it's because he had a brain injury as a kid. Like, he had a spike pulled out of his brain, and it kind of wrecked, like, the communication part of his brain or something like that. And I was like, what a tragic backstory! Also, how did that make you so weird? Yeah. He's so weird. But he's also very, like, Sheldon-y from Big Bang, because he... Not only is he really socially inept, but, like, he's so literal and he's so focused when he has to do something. So the whole, like, 
well, I'm just, I'm a science teacher. I'm just going to figure out what's going on using science. Duh. Like, why is everyone surprised that this is a thing? So, like, when he comes out after examining Clint and his hands are covered in shit and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm wearing gloves. And they're like, no, no you're, not. you're not. And he's looking at his hands. <laughs> he's and he's like, like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Or the whole, like, when he's trying to get everyone to quiet down and everyone already has quiet down, he's like, shh, stop talking. Everyone needs to be quiet. Rebecca, stop talking. Rebecca's like, She's the only one who hadn't said anything anyway. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love... He just keeps on going. He's he's just, he's, he's not keeping up. And, um, it's like a weird combination of, like, Sheldon and Doc Brown. Yeah, it's, but with a big, big, like, like Sheldon... And, like, a touch of Rain Man. Yeah, Sheldon is less awkward. Like, that's... Right, but it just, yeah. he doesn't think, Doug doesn't think that anything he's doing is weird or out of the ordinary. Like, he's just, I'm just going about my business. That's the thought process there. And, of course, he's like, well, what's the matter with you guys? You're the ones with the problem. Like, yeah. that's how he comes across. So he's like, I'll just sort of just casually remove this brain from this child. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he kind of jumps to these conclusions very quickly. Or he's just like, I'm just going to dig through another man's poop. And, like... But what's great is that out of all the zombie movies and everything that we've ever ever watched, they never actually pinpoint the cause of uh, of the pandemic. I think they did it in World War Z. It's been a while since they got they got close. I'm talking like this is the cause. Yeah. And so when they they come up and they're watching a news report and they're like, oh, this is the the problem. Is it's like oh. The chicken, the chickens, the like, so and, and Doug is the one that brings it up because he's right. dissecting the kid. He's going through, he's digging through, you know, Clint's poop. He's trying to figure. He's the only one actually trying to figure out what is happening. And he's so calm about it. Yeah, though. he doesn't freak out once. And even after they see the news report and they realize, oh, there was a batch of bad chicken nuggets that were sent out he's like i gotta get my hands on on these because maybe i can come up with a vaccine i'm like just on the fly we're gonna come up with a vaccine okay bro whatever yeah but that's what I was like, but in a weird way i could it, i'm i'm with him on that it's like he's, i don't think he he would probably he could come up with a treatment before he'd come up with a vaccine but it, that, that's what i mean because it's it was like, it was bacterial it wasn't a virus i don't think it was virus. no but that's what i'm saying is like i if i'm gonna go with somebody on that like for the science like i'm gonna go with him because so far he's done everything that and was he's posi- been correct exactly that that is very rare for someone to be that correct almost every single time in the grossest and weirdest ways, but he's still correct. Um, and that's where it's like, it's... I'd have to say that Doug is probably one of my favorite characters next to, next to Wade, too. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's pretty funny. And I think it's just because he's such a... He's a smart dope. Yeah. Like, he's super book smart, and he's definitely going to be the, the guy who's going to look at things logically and rationally, but he's never going to be able to explain it in a way that everyone can get because there were times throughout the movie where he was trying to explain what was going on in a scientific way, and Rebecca was like, can you please speak English, please? Yeah, and I, and I love that, too, where the smart person's going nuts, and then it's just like, oh, like... like but he's confusing everybody speak else. Speak English! Because he's using scientific science jargon, term, yeah. yeah. No, but I love that that's like the the... 
typical scientific thing in movies where yeah. it's like it's like god english doc it's like okay and it's like let me dumb it down for you leptons pretty and much then- <laughs> so the, the and just Re- rebecca rebecca was a, you probably could have removed her completely from the movie and it wouldn't have made one ounce of difference. um i actually would disagree uh i think i i liked it because she added that layer of extra <laughs> and I could see where it. She act in in a way helped the movie, she, but it, well, not the movie, but she helped the group. But it wasn't. I don't know. It was weird. It, she could have been Lucy though. Like Lucy could have taken some of the things that Rebecca was not not the Sarah Palin ish parts. No, but, but like that very Lucy very well could have slipped into that role as well. No, and but pulled double duty. But that that whole thing where it's like she was interacting with Tracy and that that stuff actually kind of worked out and then where it was you could tell like she had a little bit of that that toughness to her yeah, so she could help the group out what getting I'm to, to through the sure but what I'm trying to say is you could have removed her from the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything yeah. like it added an extra something to it like it was definitely a little pepper with the salt you know she was she was seasoning yeah but I wouldn't say it was going to affect the quality of the meal if that seasoning wasn't there. Yeah, that's good. And I I enjoyed so much just that opening scene where we're introduced to her. Clint, all he does is he walks in and he goes into the, the teacher's He just wants lounger. a coffee mug. And all he's like, oh, can I grab one of these mugs? And she's like, excuse me, back away, step back. I have... A rape, but it's not a rape whistle because they don't allow us to have those. So it's like a rape alarm. So if you get close to me and you touch me, I'm gonna set this. Like she like automatically goes on this defensive feminist. And all he like, did was say hi. Which coffee mug is okay to take? That's yeah, all he wanted to know. He just wanted a coffee mug. So that introduction though tells you just how screwed up everybody is in this school. Yeah, it's typical small town shit. Like it's just. The townies have never left. They aren't quite there when it's it comes to just other things. Amped up to eleven. Yeah, they just they're just get weird because they've never left. Their their families have probably never left. Um, they're in their own little bubble. They and live in a town called Fort Chicken. I'd have I'd have moved <laughs> just because I live in a town called fucking Fort but, Chicken. But Rebecca was it was funny because automatically you're just it, she was the Karen. Like, that's just how she is. Like, she's going to have a problem with everything. And even when she's talking to her students, she was mentioning how about a creationist. Yeah. And, and she was like, oh, I can't, I can't talk to you about this because people I, can't tell me. That, that's like, the oh, other my thing God. I thought was funny was when she was talking about her rape button. Shortly after that, she goes... Uh, something about the state of Illinois not allowing a concealed carry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the other thing is like, but she was telling her students and was making this thing of like, I'm going to teach you about this, but legally I can't teach you about this. And you could just tell it in her, like in her tone, she was just so pissed off that she wasn't she, allowed to talk about yeah, this stuff. She was that small town. She was playing that stereotypical small town, towny conservative. Her hair was even done up like Sarah Palin's. Yeah. 
Like, it was just, it was a little over the top. It was funny, but Nassim Fadrad is adorable. So I'm like, yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah. It's totally funny. Um, the characters were something. This was definitely a character-driven movie, as most zombie movies are. That seems to be a theme with just about every zombie movie I think I've ever seen is they're all people stories. Well, and, that's and this th- one was no different. And that's the reason why I do tend to love me a zombie story yeah. because of that where if you if you have a good people story, the zombies are going to enhance it even more. Yeah, but if that if the people story is weak, then the whole thing just falls apart yeah. because the zombies are only supposed to pose a threat and to move the characters into positions where they're being challenged or they're being forced to do things that might have been outside of their character. They're the, the zombies are the force to make somebody uncomfortable so they can grow and change. And the people that aren't willing to grow and change are usually the ones that succumb to the zombies. They get taken. Sean and Ed. Right. And then there's the ones who are... they. They kind of, I wouldn't say embrace it because no one really embraces the end of the world, but they're the ones who look at it going, okay, my life is changing. Something is different now. I have to pivot and come up with a new plan. It's the adaptability part of it. And that's the when. Governor. That's <laughs> when. Don't don't just discount it. Like No, I'm, I'm not. Like, that. that is exactly what happens. He sets up his own town. Yeah. And he, he's. It's, He's the leader. It's adapt or die. Yeah. And the, the people who, and you know, we make, everyone makes fun of the preppers and stuff like that. But those are the ones who are the quickest to change because they live in a constant state of survival mode. So somebody like Wade, who maybe isn't like textbook prepper, but Rebecca, maybe she is a little more in that vein because she's playing that almost hyper conservative, that stereo. She's a caricature of what a conservative woman would be. Yeah. Um, she would be more likely to fit that role where she's like, well, it's survive or die. And then Wade, because he, that's, I don't know if it's just because that's the kind of dude he is or if he's just, but his character is basically one where he might not be the smartest individual on paper because he's not teaching a class like, class, but he being the gym teacher, he. He can get creative with things because he has to be able to adapt to every kid's needs in his gym class. So yeah. it's it was funny to see that just that dynamic between the, the, the group once they actually had to get out and start battling. Yeah. Um, and they never really, even at the end of the movie, they never really gelled together at all. Like they still were sort of... It was more like um, more like salad than soup. Yeah. Like, they were all just sort of... Pie- they, they, they were together, but you could easily pick them apart. It wasn't yeah. like they had to like come into like this amalgam of humans where they were all on the same page. Yeah, it was... Typically in a zombie movie, you, you have that kind of dynamic... Uh, in the like the remake for Dawn of the Dead, you had that was exactly it, where you had these little tiny clicks, and you know some people got along better than others, and some of them was like, okay, well I'm just gonna keep you out on this side of the the the, the mall, and just that's where you live. Don't leave this spot. Um, but that was the thing is like with this movie, it was. It was weird because 
as I mentioned, they had the three plans, and they executed all three of the plans without necessarily saying that that's what they were going to do. They did the the waiting till three a.m. just because they were uh, okay. Three p.m. Uh, three p.m. But the that's because of what Lucy said to do, and she was Lucy was great because she was so. I guess she must have been the kindergarten teacher because she kindergarten was... Kindergarten or first grade, but she definitely taught the She littles. was like, okay, guys, let's all be nice. We're all doing great here. What's this? Yeah, but I like when she turned and she was like, fuck you guys! And just started <laughs> like, late. blew up. She got so sick of, like, Wade's jealous bullshit. And she was so sick of Clint's narcissism. And she just suddenly was like, you two need to get your shit together. I'm not putting up with this anymore. It was so funny. Yeah, it was she, so funny. Like it's like when it just that that whole little volcano just blew up. Like that thing, yeah, just the, napalmed. The thing though with here's one of my biggest issues with the movie is once we find out that it doesn't turn the the infection will not turn the adults, the stakes are gone. It lowers the stakes because. In a typical, um, in a typical zombie, if you think about it in terms of like a typical zombie movie, anybody and everybody could potentially be infected. Anybody and everybody could turn, right? Yeah. But in this movie, when you say, because we have we're our survivors are a group of adults, right? So when you say, okay, the adults are just gonna have a bad time but they're not gonna turn into zombies you've removed the stakes um the only thing that i'm gonna until you talk about the diabetic kid i'm gonna the only thing i'm gonna combat you with is the stakes are high because they're having to deal with murdering bloodthirsty flesh-eating children so the kids are literally ripping. Like, they will tear you to shreds. The vice principal. So let, let's talk about these little, little last little characters here. Uh, some of my favorites was Vice Principal Sims. I hated him from the second he walked on Oh, screen. my God. But that's why, is is the fact that he was just so like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And it's like, oh, we're, I'm the cool guy, but you know what? I'm, I'm your boss, but we're still buds. Like... He's that guy. I hate those. I hate those people so much. They're so yeah. fake. And so the other character that I want to talk about is Rick. Crossing who, guard Rick. Crossing guard Rick. He is the stoner man eating shrooms in his truck. And On the clock. It, it is hilarious. So he just he finishes his little shift of the the crossing guard he gets in his truck and he's like oh it's about to have some fun takes a big old shroom and he goes on a trip well then out of nowhere that's when all the chaos starts to happen so he's tripping balls in his truck and he's watching these kids are they're they're tearing each other up like they're they're starting to eat each other and out of nowhere Vice Principal Sims comes out and he's like, "All right, all you kids, it's just not out of nowhere because oh, no, Rick sorry. calls it's... him on the walkie and says, That's right. Hey, I can't.' This was the best part because he's like, "Hey, I'm on some medication for anxiety. I don't know if it's the meds or if I'm really seeing this." And I'm like, "Yeah, meds." Um, but I think the kids 
There's some chaos on the playground. I think the kids are biting people. And he's not sure of what he's seeing. There's, there's other adults out there that he's, that they're eating. But he's also, but he's trying to play it cool because he has technically his stand-in boss, like one of his superiors, yeah. on, on the walkie with him. So it's just one of those where it's like, I've never done hallucinogens, but I am a big fan of green things. And I've been that high where I'm like, play cool. We're going to play cool. We're going to play it cool. We're going to play it cool. We're going to play it cool. I can't play it cool. Yeah. So, but it's, <sighs> it's really funny. Like, he just pulls up. He's just like, hey, uh, I think they're all, I think they're eating each other. It could just be the, the medication, but just, you know, thought I'd throw it out there. And then the principal comes out there and he's like trying to stop everything. But then the kids get a hold of the principal and they tear him limb from limb and they're tearing out his guts, and it's uh, almost like a scene from Day of the Dead, where you know with when, Captain Rose. Sure, but when I say that the stakes are lowered, or it doesn't, or it takes some, of the, it takes the stakes away, is because, like with Train to Busan, where we were watching that, and um, our hero gets bit, and he doesn't realize he's been bit, but that's all that happened to him. He was doomed, right? Well, we find out that the adults aren't going to turn and nothing's gonna, they're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen. It's like they get scratched or they get bit and they can walk away. Like, yeah, they're going to be shitting their brains out. But pending, like, barring dehydration, they're going to be fine. It, it's a, it, Based off of that, I still if say If you that, can get away from the kids, yeah, there's but, nothing but, to... But, but think about how many kids are out there in the world. That are gonna that are going to come at you, and they are the running type zombies. So they yeah. Have you ever seen a kid ever walk? No. We have a three year old and a six year old. We can't even get them to walk through the house. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is like these kids are running like crazy. They are bloodthirsty and murderous. Yep. So that's where it's like yeah, maybe maybe the adults don't turn, and if you get scratched or bitten or whatever. You just get a you know the the massive tummy ache, but at the same time, it's if a kid gets a hold of you, they're out to destroy you. But you don't have to be. Here's the thing, though: is kids are a lot more fragile than adults. They're also not, generally speaking, they're not as intelligent as like adults would be. Okay. So they're easier to take. I mean, Wade got swarmed, but he still managed to get away from all okay, of them. So, so I'm gonna put this to you. All right, you remember the scene in uh, Jurassic Park with uh-huh. the T-Rex, mm-hmm. the Velociraptors. Yeah. Okay, well, the Velociraptors are a lot smaller, but because they ganged up on the T-Rex, granted, in the, at the end of the movie, the T-Rex ended up owning them, which is the adult, right? But that's the thing is, like, whenever, like, you have the big, massive, even, you may be small in numbers, or, you know, small in size, when you have the numbers, that doesn't matter. Like, you could be a big man. And, and even Wade, we thought that he died. Yeah. It's like, but, but that's what I was saying, was Wade got swarmed, but he also managed to take kids out with a baseball to the face. So it was kind of like, it really does take something. Yeah, there's still the threat of potentially being swarmed. But if we're being perfectly honest, like, if, you, if you've got Sean's cricket bat... 
you're probably going to be okay. I'm, I'm saying, though, it depends on the numbers. And that's something that always happens in zombie, like, discussions is, oh, could you get away from uh, a zombie? It's like, yeah, if it's like one or two zombies and they're just the slow lumbering ones, you could probably, you know, scoot around them. But like a fast-moving zombie and if in large numbers, even though they're children, bloodthirsty children, you're probably going to have a really bad time with it. And that's where it's – I think it's, it depends on the person and the but situation. Also, but, but not but not being a, necessarily like fatally affected if you get scratched or bit as an adult. You don't – it takes away the need to be especially careful. So if you're in your traditional Romero zombie situation, you have to be really careful. You can't let them get anywhere near you. But like we saw it with – all the other with the adults in this movie again. Wade getting swarmed. We think he's dead, but he shows up at the the play zone at the end of the movie. And yeah, he's a little beat up, but he managed to fight his way out of like two dozen kids that were on him. And he was going to live. Like he was going to have a bad time, and he was probably gonna his stomach was probably gonna cramp up real bad, but. The next, you know, within a couple of days, he might be sore, but he's going to be weighed. He's still going to be human. So, like, you, the element of needing to be wary and be careful is removed. Because it's like, well, I can take them out and I need to stay away from them, sure, so they don't rip me to pieces. But I can get by if one of them bites or scratches me. That's fine. I'll be all right. Like, that's kind of, it just, it takes away something. It takes away an element of, one of the elements of danger in the movie. It's it's one of the elements of a, of your typical zombie. Right. But the fact that Wade was able to basically, like, fight his way out from under two dozen of the horde and show up to to actually save the day at the end. But, but that's what I'm saying is, like, that's... With his gasoline but squirt But that gun. is Wade. Wade was the badass if you did if you put let's say tracy in that same predicament do you think we'd be seeing tracy no because tracy was the wimp he wouldn't have been able to make it out of a a i'm not saying i'm not saying everybody would be okay no but it's just but if you but i'm saying but if you have the wherewithal you can come out of it and not like i said it's not gonna it lowers the stakes and it takes away one of the elements of the danger so for me, when I'm watching that, it's like it it, it becomes a little less. I don't know. I still harrowing. Don't, I I still wouldn't want to be have to deal with a kid well, trying to rip. No, at me. definitely not. Um, but it it it's less. It becomes less intense because it's like, well, I mean, even if they got scratched or bit, or even if they got bit badly, like got chomped up like chewed up like a dog toy they still would be fine at the end of the day like they'd be again they'd i mean have they have to, to worry about blood loss i mean and... they have injuries to tend to but they're not gonna turn they're not gonna die so for me that just it removes something that a norm that maybe wasn't for the better whereas like this definitely cooties put a real positive like definitely, it, it fucked around with the zombie formula a little bit, but um, removing that part of it, it, it kind of 
it just made it a little, it just took it down a little bit for me as, as to where it, it could have potentially been. Um, maybe that's why they stuck the diabetic kid in there because they realized that they didn't, they would have, they basically painted themselves into a corner <laughs> because all Wade had to do was spray the fun zone down with a squirt, a super soaker full of gasoline and just light the bitch up. Yeah, I mean, that that was also another really awesome scene. <laughs> so, so terrifying, just because one of the things about... I mean, they're being swarmed. One of the things about the kid zombies, though, is that it, they they were running off of the lizard brain, yeah. but they were aware of what was happening, and they were aware of their surroundings. It was just they had those zombie tendencies. But the creepy thing, too, is that they were also giggling, and that was horrifying just because it's like, oh, it's it's pitch black and all you hear is, it's like, okay, I'm out. Oh, like, no, that's, that's spooky for sure. <laughs> so bad. No, it really is. So it's, a zombie that can laugh. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. No, thank you. When you're, you're talking about zombies, basically, they're a base creature because they're running on instinct and just, like, pure need. Kids do that anyway. Like, kids are driven by their itty-bitty little lizard brains where it's like they want something that feels good. They want instant gratification. They want to, when they're hungry, they need they need and want to immediately be fed. When they're thirsty, they need and want to immediately be given a drink. Um, you see that from babies all the way up until kids are like seven or eight years old when they finally start getting control of that stuff. And you can tell them you can wait five minutes while, you know, I go to the bathroom or you teach them to make their own fucking sandwich. Like those, those kids, especially the little ones, nothing has changed. They're literally just, except maybe the taste for blood because they're, they're driven by their little lizard brains anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was one thing that I loved about the the zombies, uh, but on top of like that scene, so they go into this like big play place, and it's uh, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. Yeah, it's a very like, and so they flip the they get the lights on, and it's just covered wall to wall with all these zombies that are like standing around, just laughing and giggling, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Wade comes busting through. He's like, "Did anyone order a badass?" Right, and he's got a super soaker filled with gasoline. And he starts light, you know, spraying the whole place down, and then he. <laughs> the best thing is that he takes, he flips his sunglasses down, takes his lighter, and just throws it. Just like, oh my god, how epic is that? Oh yeah! At, at that moment, after he said, "Did anyone order a badass?" I was like, that that's my favorite character. And it's like, but why is he the one that we like so much? He wasn't supposed to be. And then all of a sudden right. it's like, oh, nope, now he's he's the guy. Yeah. So it's, it's and awesome. It's, I think it was, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think this was set up very well because in the beginning, the first one we meet is Elijah Wood's character. We meet Clint. And so they kind of set him up to be the potential hero. And by the end of the movie, he's a nothing. It's Wade and crossing guard Rick who drove the truck. Like it just, it, it, he became a nothing and that sucks. So the fact that we have the full, this whole setup with Clint 
is kind of kind of pointless aside for the satisfying fact that he backed a patriot and stuffed a tailpipe in his mouth and they sort of just forgot about him in the writing process the the only thing that i was kind of bummed about during this the like for the the writing section of it is that they it felt like the movie just ended like they or they were setting it up for a, a cooties part two and that we were never gonna get and, and no because they they figure out it's like oh it's the chicken that's doing this stuff okay well let's let, let's try and get some chicken so we can you know work on a vaccine or whatever they all get into the you know rick's rick's van and they drive off and then the movie ends and so it just kind of left you hanging where it's like well wait a second like you guys figured it out like i want to like i need to see what happens that and then Nothing. There's no cooties too. There's no anything. It's just we just know that the group the group took off and then in the van and that was it. I mean this and this movie got panned quite a lot. I mean you said you saw a bunch of reviews that were just shitting all over it. But that's that's not one of the reviews that I saw. All the all the reviews that I saw were just the forced jokes and uh, just it, the movie just wasn't funny at all, and again, I have to disagree with all that because I was laughing my ass off, and I had I had a ton of fun with it. No, the movie was definitely funny. It it was that there's definitely some yeah. fun parts to but it. But I, sure. I just I just saw a lot of people that were really shitting on this movie, and I couldn't figure out why, and then just now where you just gave gave me a tongue lashing on why he was a nothing character that isn't that's a whole nother thing where i'm like oh my god like there's another problem that somebody else has with this movie and it's like okay so is this movie actually good or why the hell do i actually like it if that's the point the movie was funny there was definitely a lot of entertainment value in this movie but the type of podcast that we're doing where we're kind of dissecting things and critiquing a little bit and not just being like, oh, this movie Teehee is so fun. One of the things we're going to look at is the criticisms. And that's mine in particular. Yeah, so the Clint character kind of sucked, but everything else around him was a lot of fun. It was funny. And there was, I mean, there were moments where I was chuckling quite hard myself. Like... You know, who burst into a room going, who ordered a badass? I mean, come on. Or just, like, Tracy screaming like a girl, and then he just comes out of the closet. Ah! I'm gay! Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I knew it. <laughs> Those sort of things are just the ridiculousness of the Rebecca character. The, the rape button? Come on. It's silly. Yeah. The movie's silly fun. It's stupid fun. And I think... One of the biggest issues I notice are the people that are into zombie movies are serious about their zombie movies. Like, this is business. There's no smiling in heavy metal. And there's not. Unless you're in Kill Switch and Cage. Right, and it's all smiles. Yeah, but that was the thing was like, I try not to. Oh, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm in the horror comedies like crazy, so I mean, I always go for the the silly anyways but right i mean with this it's everyone everyone sees their zombie movies differently and you latch on to certain characters because of that might be the way that you would survive or the how you see certain things 
Um, in the case of Clint, yeah, at first he was the character that you were supposed to like, and then by the towards the end of it, you were annoyed with him, and you didn't really, and you and you didn't like him. Yeah. Like he wasn't a, a likable character. As far as him being our our main character, though, based off of uh, going back to the tongue lashing you just gave me, um, I still saw him as the main character. Because that that is the person that we were following that was, and he was still driving the story around. When Wade showed back up, all he did was he did, he showed up, broke in, and then lit the place on fire, flipped his sunglasses down, and gave a really cool moment. That was it. That's all he did. He had his John McClane moment. He did. That's all he did. And then when they showed, they they got out of the the play place. They went straight over to the TV screen and then talked about... They're like, oh my god, it's the chicken nuggets. And then... That was before that was, the play place. And that was... Oh no, but that was the end of the movie. So, but that was... They, there wasn't a time for the, the rest of the movie to be like, oh, okay, we're going to give it... We're going to hand the movie over to this guy and he's going to be your fo- the focus. He, even though he was the wimp and he was the... The person that you didn't like, you still followed him. And that's where he was still the main character. Granted, I kind of wish that there would have been a little bit more of a character development through him. And I could see where it's it's like, okay, maybe putting a little bit more of a backbone. Extending the movie out a good, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes so that you could have that. Even 10. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, or it's like, while he was in the the air duct or something like that, that's where that was his turning point because that's where like that's the most epic thing that he's ever done, or most heroic thing. But from there, it's like change it up and and not not focus on his book and not focus on. I mean, once he got into the room with with Lucy, they opened up and they it was almost like, oh, we're gonna die. And so I have to tell you this thing, and it became that scenario. Right, but nothing ever was made of it after. No, and and what was funny was that it it turned around where, like, Lucy kissed him, and they had a moment, and it was like, oh, this is going to be serious. But then it turned around where there was a really funny situation with Wade, because Wade just got done yelling at Lucy for... Like oh like oh like you got this guy coming in, he's just all being all sweet on you, and, and he just basically tells her to fuck off. And then, like, he's on the walkie-talkie. He's like, hey, Lucy, I just wanted to tell you I was sorry and stuff like that. And, oh, Clint's not there, is he? And she's like, no, Clint's, Clint's sitting right next to her. She's just like, no, no, it's just us. And then, like, he starts telling her all this other stuff. And then Clint grabs the, the walkie-talkie. He's like, hey, wait, it's Clint. He's like, god damn it. <laughs> it's like, Jesus let, Christ, to man. To let the other man see you weak. Yeah. But that was the thing. Is like they, they had a, a bonding moment. And that was, you know, that was a, a character development for them, but it also put Wade back into Lucy's camp, where it wasn't Clinton Lucy that you kind of thought was going to end up being. It became, it, it was still always Wade and Lucy. Um, yeah. And then even at the end of the movie, too, it, be, it was still. Clint kind of understood, okay, this is my spot, and you guys are still together. Yeah. And, but yeah. that's why I hated that romance angle because I was like, D- it didn't matter. It yeah. was dumb. 
So, but that was the thing is like I still felt that Clint was your your main character, but as far as likable characters, he was not. And there needed to be more development with him. Needed to have some type of a heroic turnaround where yeah. he becomes the ultimate badass, or he's the one that right. that turns and saves. Yeah, the day. his just admission of of lying about being a writer was all we had, and then nothing came of it after the yeah. fact. There's no follow up. So, but that that was the only thing that I saw, and then the the there, kind of, the problem that I had was just the movie just kind of ending. The one thing I liked, though, was that every single one of the characters was super relatable in this movie. Like, there wasn't anybody that seemed super out of reach. Like, we all know that one person that's a super, you know, that's a wimp like Tracy, where if he sees a spider, he's probably going to pass out. Like, we we all know somebody like that. Or we all know the the Rebecca type who's wound really tight and uh, is likely to snap at any minute. The, all the Karens. And that, I'm just using yeah. that because that's the new term. Or that, right. not, not, not the new term, and but then, that's the, and we all the blanket. Know, and we all know a Wade type who talks a bunch of shit, runs his mouth, probably probably doesn't Listens have anything. Listens to a lot of five-finger death punch. Yeah, or pro- and probably doesn't have anything to back it up. Kind of a Kyle. Yeah, definitely a Kyle. Yeah, um... And then, you know, we have the the Lucy types where it's like everything's all sunshine and rainbows until that one person pisses her off and then immediately it's like, I kill everybody. So, like, they're super relatable characters and that's that's definitely a positive. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, uh, I don't know, I don't really have anything else to add. What's your, what's your skull rating on this guy? I absolutely enjoyed this film a lot and I couldn't tell whether like why those like the people like people that were giving this thing bad reviews were saying a lot of the things that and I mean there's a lot I mean I I watched uh, some YouTube review shows and they were all again saying things like oh this movie was not funny it was all forced humor and I, I I didn't understand that because the humor that I saw in it it was either my type of humor um, I, I'm really big into fart poop duty the fart poop duty and I'm also into uh, you know that type of humor like the flight of the Concords where it's that awkward humor and dry yeah yeah and so the stuff with um, you know with Clint the way that he would interact with some of these people it had that that flood of the Concord style humor and so I could I picked that out immediately yeah it's kind of fish out of water and it, and it worked great um, I mean and there was the and that's why I, I didn't I did like Clint up until that point until he then became annoying when like they're they're trying to figure out the plan with the you know to to get out of there and I was like, Oh, I got an idea for my book. It's like that that was like the moment where I was like, I can't deal it with it. It took you. that long for him to annoy you? Yeah. Lucky you. So but this movie I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it a solid three. Um, this is a movie that I would definitely go back and rewatch uh, again and again. Um, there was the a couple little things that I wish they would have changed. Uh, you know, all stuff with Clint we've already established. 
but I would have actually liked to see them kind of zombie up the kids. Oh, like makeup? Yeah, like give them like some pale eyes or, you know, just make them make them a little like dead look. They they were too lifelike. They just they were just bloodied up is what it was. Yeah, but I think that was a logistical thing. Like have you ever tried to have a kid sit still long enough to Oh, put yeah. Makeup? No, I know. No, I know. I'm just saying or it's like if you had to do like CGI eyes or something, you know, just white just something to make them look like dead, like actually dead, not just kids that are just that look like they were just in a car wreck or something. You know, that that's that's the only little like kind of like critique. The kids themselves were fucking creepy as shit. Um, just having fucking patriot running around like an asshole, fucking things up, even as a zombie was just. It was fucking the worst, but then it was so satisfying seeing him die, and then just having that different turnaround with the, you know, with just the the puberty aspect of the zombie thing. Like, that was really cool. Um, so I, I like that little twist and turn, but it, yeah, this movie is definitely a, a three for me. I mean, it's solid. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and Wade is the fucking man. Like, I, I, I I'm all about it. And again, it's like a, I'm all about that actor, so right. <laughs> it's like it's a win-win for me. The cast yeah. is amazing. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you on a lot of that. Uh, the this movie definitely had some charm to it. It had a lot of problems. This is definitely one where you cannot look too hard at it. It's brain candy, and you have to accept it as brain candy. And don't expect any profound wisdom to come out of it. Like, no, you just go in expecting this is a zombie movie with some yuck yucks. And if you go in with that mindset, you will not be disappointed. Uh, I found a lot of moments where I was probably laughing at a lot of the same moments you were, I think. And, uh, yeah, this one was just a ton of fun for me. Um, This is a three out of five for me, too. Like, I know... I complained about a lot of problems, but, um, or at least a couple of them. Um, but whether or not Clint in the end ended up being our main character is irrelevant because we had another character step up and completely steal the show. And if we didn't have the Wade character, I think, and if not just the Wade character, but Rain Wilson playing the Wade character, I think it would have fallen flat on its face. The only person I could have seen in that Wade role would have probably been like Will Ferrell. Yeah, well the humor, Rain Rain Wilson and Will Ferrell have, their humor delivery is pretty similar. So it's pretty dead. They'll deadpan real hard. And um, so it worked. And Rain Wilson has this real incredible knack for playing those characters that just are so unaware of themselves and their surroundings they're just in like their own little worlds and it's really funny but it there's some charm here and there's some funnies here and by no means is this ever going to be a masterpiece of cinema (laughs) yeah but dual real rear dual real rear dual real rear dual real rear Dual real rear. What? Dual real rear. Dual 
rear. He could say dual rear wheel. <laughs> and it was great. Uh, like that, what we just did was reenacted the scene. It's fantastic. Yep. 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 Dual rear wheel. So, yeah, this is a unique take on a zombie movie. Um, definitely falls firmly in the horror comedy camp. Your mileage may vary, but it's a solid three out of five from, for, from us here at the Creepin' It Crew. Yeah. It's so. it is a fun movie and you can't go into it super serious. So that that's all super super serial. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a Romero stuff. I mean, it's it's meant for fun. So. Yep. And uh so that is it for cooties. Circle circle dot dot. We officially have our cootie shot. Oh my god. How did we miss that? We like, didn't. I was saving it for the end. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Because I told I, I totally took a note of that and I was like oh I'm gonna, I gotta tell that about no. the because uh, one of the girls says it and I got I got you well done I got you well done so that's it for cooties uh, join us next week as we continue back to cruel month uh, with another movie starring with Elijah Wood in it not starring but definitely supporting cast uh, we're going up to high school to the faculty oh. I know this one borders on sci-fi but um, this one might be a ton of fun to watch I remember this coming out when I was in high school and seeing the ads run for it. I so. remember seeing the ads, but I have never seen this movie. And it was funny when you were like, oh, yeah, it's another Elijah Wood movie, like, back-to-back. I was like, I didn't even know he was in this movie. So it's this a sm- He's in a small role. So this will be nice for I, me. Yeah. Um, this was Usher's coming out party. I think this was his first starring role. Usher was in this Oh, my Usher's God. i got to look into this movie. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And I think um, Josh Hartnett, too. i got to double-check. But, yeah, this was Usher's, like, one of his first roles in a movie. So this will be fun. Uh, So we're going from elementary school to high school. And uh, yeah, I hope you all join us for that ride. So join us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real. R-E-E-L as in Movie Real. Um, If you want to participate a little bit more and maybe want to throw out some ideas, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. Um, if you like us a whole bunch, uh, just a reminder, we do have that Redbubble page, so you can buy our merch at creepinitreal.redbubble.com. And not so subtle reminder, Christmas is coming, so for, you know, the horror lover in your life, I'm just saying, you don't have to. It'd be pretty sweet, though. But there's things you can get for them. Yeah. I'm just saying. And and get the app, because you always get the little discount on that. The on discount's top of great. Yeah. yeah, so uh, so to start shopping it up. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, COVID, delayed deliveries. Mm-hmm. Just do it. All right, cool. So that wraps it up for us, guys. Thank you again so much for joining us. Like, share, subscribe, do the thing. We love you. I've been Meg. I've been Lunchbox. And until next week, I would consider vegetarianism and just don't eat chicken nuggets. Cheeky nuggies. Cheeky nuggies.